0: Hello, you're listening to track by track with me
1: Dan and me Will. This is the podcast where we take a great pop music album and break it down track by track.
0: And music podcasts make the people come together. Yeah. And on the turntable this week we've got music by Madonna.
1: And Dan it's not just us this week. We have Along for the Ride a Madonna superfan, uh, a DJ producer, a girl about town herself with us. None other than the one, the only Jodie Harsh.
2: Hi. <laughs> super fan. <laughs> That's
1: super. Yeah, no. I love this album and her. So I'm very excited to be here with you guys talking about it. This is cool. And it's great you to have us. We've been talking about doing this for a while. Yeah. And I think we wanted it to coincide, as ever, on Track by Track with a milestone for this album. Uh, which, it, which it is Dan what is what, uh, Why are we talking About music this
0: week uh, Because this week The album turns 22 decades old If you can believe it oh. Don't you feel old Yes <laughs> Feel yeah. old yeah <laughs> um,
1: So there's lots To talk about With this Brilliant Madonna album I think we'll go Into the episode With all three of us Huge fans um, And Jody, Where did Your love For Madonna Originate from
2: um, I remember going to the th- the cinema to see Evita. Wow. Um with my mom And then after that ray of light came out, right? And 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 I was like, Oh, that's that woman that was in that film we went to see. <laughs> and I really got into ray of that's when I was sort of really getting into music in a serious way. And um I just thought the production was incredible, and I was a kid, you know, when Rave, when Ray of Light came out, and um, yeah, I just sort of we got started following her career and and became really interested in her as a person and her music and 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 her writing and the things she was talking about. The themes and and also the culture around Madonna, you know her support of LGBTQ rights and what she did with AIDS in the in the in the early nineties and and the, the film she was in and the, and the fashion and the gotier and and just the things that that sort of surround the world of Madonna. So um, then the music album came out um, in two thousand, and it was a real seminal moment for me. I loved everything about it. I loved the visuals. I loved um, the music, the beats, um, and I love what she was singing about, and I remember Radio One um that week had an exclusive um with um I guess Madonna's label, and would play there was like a track a day being played, or maybe it was on one day like oh, oh, like the day before la- album launch day um they were playing like a, a different track per presenters show i remember joe wiley played one of the tracks i remember like whoever was doing the morning the morning show played one of the tracks and i remember i heard impressive instant and i heard don't tell me both of which the productions are so completely nuts and like i'd never really heard anything like that before and like uh, vocoder was being used and stuff like all these different vocal um techniques and i was like what is this i am fully engaged i love this i can't wait to
0: hear this full album and I think I completely agree This the, the sound of this album was just... Because I remember, I think with the Ray of Light album and Frozen, that's when I first kind of came to notice Madonna. I think everyone like, everyone knows... When you're born, you know who Madonna is. you kind of actually just in the public consciousness.
2: Yeah, well, as soon as you're born. Yes. You automatically a, must know. For <laughs> a kind of person. Yeah.
0: So, but Ray of Light was the first time I remember seeing Madonna. I remember she performed Frozen on the National Lottery. Um, <laughs> specifically, remember watching that, and I remember thinking, Oh, it looks like she's kind of calming down a bit now. She's doing Froze and she's doing the power of goodbye. It looks like she's maybe, dare I say, acting her age a little bit. And then a couple of years later, she came back with music, and just no, this was like she was expressing herself and experimenting even more than mm. ever. Dan, mm. did she release the balls? Do you know what? And I, th- I think it might have been Guinevere and Set of Balls number <laughs> four. Yes. <laughs>
2: One thing of note, I think about um, this the music album is that it sort of marks the halfway point in her career timeline. It, I think it is literally halfway between when she started and and like now, and so that's like quite an interesting. Play. It, it's sort of looking back and hearing what she's singing about and where she was at and how she was behaving at that time and what she was looking like and stuff. It's just quite interesting. It's like it marks the halfway point for me. Yeah, you know, with Madame X being the sort of this current, you know, I'm sure there'll be ten more albums to come. She's not going to stop. I hope so, but. It's interesting that music is right in the middle of her career.
1: I love how as well, like even right up to us recording today, Madonna is still at it with Ju Leaper on her Club Future Nostalgia album, which we love. So even whilst we're here today talking about music, she's still out there she was having a brilliant time on her on her 62nd birthday a few weeks yeah. ago
2: yeah a good time it looked like yeah she's having a having a spliff she's in the conversation still you know she's still culturally relevant she's not going anywhere I hope she I hope she never stops
0: no. I don't think she has any intention of ever doing that. no so way that feels like that would be her worst nightmare to, uh, to disappear totally yeah I should do, as I normally do,
1: this is one of those weeks where it feels like, do I need to do this? But a little bit of background on Madonna, if you're not familiar with... Who? (laughs) Who's that? So, probably the only person we can authentically call the Queen of Pop, Mm -hmm. Uh, although we've tried to call... Rachel Stevens. <laughs> Rachel Stevens. Jesus uh, <laughs> and he, Lisa Scott Lee. Lisa Scott Lee. Kerry <laughs> Katona. Oh, God. Yeah. I think we tried Jordan one week as well. Yeah. Uh, recently, anyway, actually. Um, so Madonna, um, superstar, queen of pop, singer, songwriter, actress, performer, uh, producer, artist. Is there anything that she hasn't turned her hand to? and had a finger in at some point.
2: TV chef. TV chef. She's never been a TV chef.
1: Could be next. The Madonna cookware range, maybe, coming soon to... um, TK Max. QVC. (laughs) Like the Kylie bedding, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So she's uh, born in 1958 and still going strong now. It's fantastic that she's still with us, still relevant, still doing and trying new things. And uh, it's the second time we've talked about it on the podcast as well, uh, where we way, way back talked about Confessions on a Dance Floor. Uh,
0: Jodie, just quickly, do you love Confessions as well?
2: Absolutely adore it. Love, love, love. Especially the first sort of five or six tracks. For me, it peters off a bit towards the end, actually. She definitely did the best stuff first on yeah. the album. Top heavy. <sighs> Hung Up, Get Together. Uh, jump. Jump. Where's yeah. it? Sorry.
0: Oh, I love Forbidden Love, but I think that might be Side B. Right, yeah. That's the best off Side B.
2: Right, yeah. For me, it gets a little bit like off pieced
1: And, of course, we're here today to talk about music, which is the eighth studio album from Madonna and was released back uh, in September uh, of the year 2000, millennium year. But, Dan, I know we normally talk about the personnel, but who were the key players in this album?
0: So we have Moe's... Did I even say that right?
2: I know it doesn't matter. We know Something what we're talking about. Oh, oh, is it? Well,
0: maybe oh. right. We have uh, Moe who Moet, who became a, a bit of a constant companion. They worked together quite a lot after this, uh, but this was his certainly his breakthrough with Madonna. But actually, probably his breakthrough as well. He, um, I believe the story goes, he sent in some uh, some music to the recording to the record label. And Madonna said, "I want that sound I want him on my new album." And she gets what she wants. She certainly does. Mm. But we've also got some old favorites on there as well. Willie Morbet's going to pop up. Uh, and Madonna's brother-in-law as well.
1: So should we get stuck in? Jodie, are you ready? Yes. Danny you ready? Yes. So side one track one. It's music. there and i just literally said it i'll say it again on <laughs> on on tape that still sounds fresh mm. yeah. in in 2020 doesn't mm. it mm.
0: definitely i think just from that that first line hey mr dj put a record on and that's my baby it's iconic it's one mm. of those moments it's one I of those think pop- that's madonna, madonna saying that
2: I... is it madonna pitched down probably i
1: don't know i always i always assumed so yeah oh yeah
0: i never really thought about that before i guess it is You'd imagine that she would want to be the one opening the album when you are on else. Yeah.
1: But it is like one of those like more recent example. It's Britney Bitch, where it's like yeah. the iconic now start of a track. And it's referenced, it's quoted, and it's probably been referenced in other music, and people use it now in in, in the everyday.
0: Mm-hmm. And so as as our musical expert for the week, mm. Jodie, uh, if you could put this into a box, could you put this into a box or a genre, this song? Um it's kind
2: of French disco pop funk, I mm. guess, um, electro funk maybe. I always thought it sounds a bit like Trans Europe Express by Kraftwerk. It's kind of in that in that vein. Um, and actually, Mir Muay, however we're pronouncing his name, <laughs> um, he had a track out on his album which came out before Madonna's album. and It was called, called ne- Never Young Again. And um, that track basically served as the kind of like the palette for this. It's all like the same sounds, just mixed in a different way.
1: And if we're lucky, let's have a little bit of that now, just for the
2: comparison. (laughs)
1: I can see why Madonna must have felt inspired and wanted mm. a piece of that mm. because it's very, very infectious.
2: Mm. I think they're like the same beats that, he, that he's used, for sure. It's very dry, the sound as well, which I really like. There's not so much going on in terms of like reverb and, and stuff like that. It's like a very, very crisp, dry sounding track. Um, and there's lots of like panning. If you listen to it on headphones, there's, there's lots of panning going on, which is really nice. I really like that.
1: Dan, add the words reverb and panning to our musical dictionary. Yes, that we're compiling to try and sound more professional.
0: Trying to soak up as much knowledge as we can from you this week. Yeah, it's a
2: nice sort of three hundred and sixty track. You listen to it on headphones. It's lots of like it's lots of movement. Close your eyes and just mm. kind of let it. Yeah, and you can. Some words are here, some words are there, and you know.
1: Normally yeah. we're just like, oh, I love that swirly sound and yeah. Like yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah, crunchy.
2: lots of like acidy sounds. Those mm, things. Yeah. that. lots of like electronic sort of sounding stuff it's very nice palette i love this track there's
0: there's so much going on in it and at at the same time it's kind of quite quite neatly done i think it's Mm -hmm. quite like it's obviously the the whole uh chorus the music makes the people come together and i think this is just a fantastic piece of music of Mm. pop music of now pop music culture Mm -hmm. it's i would i'd say this is probably one of her top 10 best songs yeah
2: also, I want to point out the fact that the song is so simple. She's really great at nailing a very simple, almost nursery rhyme like um, Top Line. Um, sh- simple words, a really cute melody that, that's very memorable, um, really just hooky. She's so good. Madonna's so good at writing that stuff.
0: As you were saying that, I was thinking, hung up. Like, so, so simple. Yeah.
2: Nothing to it.
0: But one of her biggest hits and yeah. one, of her, one of my favorite. Tracks of hers, and mm. this is completely irrelevant. But I just, whenever I think about this, I have to get it out because it burns me up inside. I still can't believe when uh, when Cher brought out her version of "Gimme, Gimme, Gimme," when people were saying that she had sampled Madonna's "Hung Up" on the track. I, I still can't believe that was a thing that happened. But people are kind of stupid. you're yeah.
2: I mean, like we know. Not, that. not our listeners. No. No, 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 no. Your listeners are amazing. But, but generally, generally, the, the wider general public can be a they bit are stupid. Quite stupid. Please. Yeah, yeah. And we love the video to this song.
0: Oh, it's yeah, classic. Uh, weirdly, I, I put in my notes here. It's kind of it's the only thing that dates the song because mm. the song I think is fresh as anything. But Ali G. Oh
2: yeah. Oh yeah! Oh, that cultural that? appropriation! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's sort of like she called herself the rhinestone cowgirl, didn't she? That was that was the look for this, and yeah. um, she's actually it's all in Versace, actually. Is it's it Versace? Yeah, head to toe. I guess oh. it's, like, it's like a piss take of a um, like an R and B video, isn't it? In yeah. the limo and going to the strip club. It's sort of like you know, oh, women can do this too. I love the video. I think it's cool. So, yeah,
0: I also th- thought sort of. Um... Hen Party and Blackpool in the yeah. limo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a with cow a cowboy role. hat. Song, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to bring it right back down to earth. Yeah. 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 My level. That's yeah, my yeah. Level. I don't know
2: that reference point. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this track also came with a shed load of remixes. And we I've got a feeling we may touch on this again later. But just to name check, Deep Dish, Tracy Young, uh, Groove Armada, uh, to name a few, who... Yeah, still big now, but at the time, they were iconic producers' remixes um, that a lot of artists would kill to have work. She could take her pick, I'm sure, of of whoever she wanted to work with on the remix. And just a word around how this track performed. um, It's not going to surprise anyone to hear it was a number one in the UK and uh, in the US and was pretty much top three, top five across the world when it came out, um, which is... Um, what well, I just reflects how loved this track was, love. Track two, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that
2: was my final comment. Love, love. <laughs> <laughs> one word to end everything. Yeah, every yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'll do an expressive one word. Okay, track two, impressive instance. Yeah.
1: So that was impressive, Instant Track 2. I remember hearing that on Radio
2: 1, just before the album came out. And I just thought, what is this amazing madness, this chaos? Um, The vocals, what she's singing, I'm in a trance. It's so like mad. And the little whisper, kiss me. It's like so bonkers, this track, how it's put together.
0: What I love, because for me, quite often, track two of an album is the most exciting track mm. because normally track one is being the lead single and you can guess what's coming, and then track two is quite often like a brand new thing. And I remember the first time I heard this, likewise, I just almost couldn't take it all in. It's just there's so much going on, and like you said, it's chaos, and it's so, it's like it's so unorthodox for a pop song, but at the same time, it is it's very much Madonna. It fits in with the album perfectly. It's a great follower to the to the t- uh, title track. And I feel like for me, this is the first time that Madonna, she'd, all, you know, she'd always been a fantastic singer, songwriter, and this album, and maybe with the help of uh, milway if that's how I was saying it. Oh, you're uh, getting better. I know, I'll get there. Um, maybe this is the first time that she wanted to be a, an artist or a producing artist or something like that. It wasn't about uh, perfect vocals or a perfect melody. It was just about what can this thing become? Do you think that's why she worked with a producer
1: who maybe had less experience and exposure because she was able to have a much more collaborative relationship uh, and have her vision kind of flow through him? So there is a possibility. She's always down as a
2: as complete co-producer. I know that when she does studio sessions and stuff, she's when songs are being put together, she's there the whole journey. Mm. She's always there. So yeah. she really is a producer. Yeah, William Orbit told me that as well. Like, she doesn't need the studio. Like, she she really is as much a producer. You know, she's not pressing any buttons on the computer, or and she's not like laying down chords on the piano or anything. But she's very much producing that record with whoever else is the main producer.
0: She's the visionary. She knows what she wants it to sound like. And she
2: absolutely. But this song, I feel, I feel like it's like her like weirdest like sonic trip ever. Yeah, it's so completely bonkers. Uh, It's sort of like. It's sort of like a, a rock take on electro House as well, you know? With sort of, I think it's got like big electric guitars in it and stuff, like disguised as synths. It's really, it's really mad. It's sort of like noise, loads of noise. Right. In my research, I did hear that she um, wanted this to be a single and the record label said no. Um, I guess it was just too bonkers for the world to understand. And um, it was the first song that they worked on for the album. This is day one.
0: This is the blueprint of, yeah. of the music album. yeah
2: tell you something i've always thought about this song is i really don't like the mix and master and i'm not like a slagging a slagging this, <laughs> this song off. i love this <laughs> song no no but really uh, i find it some of the noise some of the, the the mixing it might be the mastering but i think some of the mix is a little bit questionable in this song oh. like some of the sound effects on headphones are so noisy above the rest of the mix like louder than the drums everything it's like a bit painful to listen to this song sometimes on headphones loud oh, okay. that's just something I've, I've always observed but um I'm not saying I could do it any better, but I'm just, <laughs> just, just pointing out that I, um, I yeah, that's always, that's, that's always stood out to me, that the mix is a bit odd. But anyway, great
0: song. You mentioned the lyrics earlier. I'd just like to highlight the line. I like to singy, singy, singy. So good. <laughs> like a bird on a wingy, wingy, wingy.
2: Mm-hmm. I like to rumba, 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 dan- dance to a samba, samba, samba. So good.
0: It's kind of like, it's playful and it's an I don't give a fuck attitude at the same time.
2: She performed this in the Drowned World Tour. Do you remember when she was wearing the little goatee kilt? Mm-hmm. They put the, um, the hose in between the legs and all that smoke came out like she was coming when she was doing that. I liked
0: it, like the big, the big sort of crescendo. The
2: song fabulous.
0: I would have loved to... I've never seen Madonna Live, which I've, I feel like is a crime. Uh, did you see this tour? Or... I did, yeah. Yeah. The,
2: the Drowned World Tour. Yeah. Yeah, the first time I ever went to a concert, let alone a Madonna concert. Yeah, um, we, we, I got tickets um, for me and my mum and we literally were the very back row. Earl's <laughs> Court, the back, back row. Like there was, the, behind us was just the wall <laughs> to the foyer. Like, and she was a dot.
1: And that was your, fir- that was your first concert gig concert. experience
0: ever? I think
2: it was, yeah. I mean, I was still, at, I was at secondary school, so I was 15. It was 15 when this came out,
0: yeah. What was, was yours? Th- what was your first gig concert experience ever?
1: Oh, I went to see Sleeper uh, oh. at the Torquay, um, what was it called? The Riviera Centre in Torquay. Oh. And I thought I was so cool because <laughs> I was going to see a band that I liked perform. Probably very significant, we're talking about this now, when I can't remember the last time I went to a gig. Certainly <sighs> not been for six months at least. And we'd have been to quite a lot by now.
0: yeah. And it's really, actually, our last one is so embarrassing as well, because the last gig we went to was... Uh... Lisa Scott Lee. Don't say it. It wasn't that <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Um, the boys are back with 5, damage, and A1. What was yours?
2: The last gig I went to, oh, I've definitely, I definitely went some before lockdown
1: this year. Circle back on that. Yeah. Unclear. But whilst we're on the subject, I have to say, one of the things I think about with lockdown is the amount of like DJ sets and like Instagram lives that you did. And I think quite a few artists kind of made real strides to entertain and to kind of still keep your work going. How did you find that as as an experience? I thought
2: it was, I had to do it because I had to keep doing what I love to do, which is DJ play music to people. And I had to have some kind of platform to do that. So it was live stuff on, on Instagram or whatever on social media. Um, but I didn't sign up for doing this job to dj to a phone in my living room that's mm-hmm. you know so it, it wasn't the same you don't you know it's not the same as being at a dj set for me it's not the same as playing to a crowd but it was the best thing we had yeah. when we couldn't even leave our houses so such a weird year but i i enjoyed it i really enjoyed doing them it was it was different for sure
0: uh track three is runaway lover
1: All kicking off now. Yeah. That goes really... Compared to the first two tracks, it's really picked up now.
0: Yeah. It's kind of track by track.
2: Yeah. It's very fast. William Orbit production. It's a bit stressful. Stressful is an interesting
0: to... way to describe it, but I can see what you mean. It's... Yeah.
2: I think it is the BPM of it that stresses me out, but it's very fast track. <laughs> um, you can't put it in for a, for a chill out or for with a bath. No, or something like that. no, <laughs> no. It's definitely like, okay, the E's kicked in type you know what i mean it's like we're we're on the dance floor
0: and i think you can tell it's william orbit from those first few sounds first few synth sounds you just you can just tell it's his production can't you yeah but it was
2: very it could have been on um it could have been on ray of light actually yeah
0: and you
1: mentioned you just in the last track you referenced william orbit Um, and did he share anything else with you around what that creative process was like with Madonna.
2: Ooh, loads. I've done quite a lot of um, sessions with William and he's like over the years and he's, he's a friend of mine. Um, do, yeah, I get... Do, yeah, he's spoken about her a, a bit. She's just extremely creative and really very, very involved. Yeah. You know, she takes it very, very seriously and, and is, I think, a pleasure to be in the studio with.
1: And they clearly have a good working relationship because yeah. time and time again they've continued to yeah. do bits and pieces together. yeah.
0: Next time you see William, just thank him from me for Black Coffee by All Saints because I'll never oh, tire of that song in my life. <laughs> yeah.
2: And Pure
0: Shores. Oh, oh so
2: good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh. As well as all the work with Madonna, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I well, don't have
2: too much to say about this song. Is it What is Runaway Lover about, about losing a boyfriend or something? I don't really know.
0: Do you know? The, it's, I think because, like you said, the, the music is so intense, mm. I've never really sat and listened to the lyrics. Mm. I've just been like taking in that sound. Yeah. Um, but I like the kind of Psychedelia, I suppose, which is, I like how it fits with the previous two tracks, which weren't really psychedelic, Um, but it is a very different sound at the same time. Psychedelic banger. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, should we move on? Yeah. Track four, I deserve it.
2: Many miles, many roads, I have traveled. Trip hoppy kind of folky, guitar-strummy.
0: These are all going to go in our new book. Probably. Yeah, they're all... <laughs> yeah, they're, they're Musical t- sounds.
2: Top-tier, like, music dialogue.
1: Um, I love that. It's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. I think, for me, it's a bit... It's very jarring compared to the previous track, which is just full-on kind of techno-rave, and then it kind of steps right down that if you were listening to the album chronologically it, you could be a bit taken aback by how how different it is
2: it's also very intimate um and i think she sounds very close to the microphone and there's there are i don't really i can't hear any effects on her vocals it's very dry vocal so that just adds a sort of an, an extra layer of like real intimacy and closeness mm. and put the personal um he's done that technique on a few songs don't don't tell me which obviously we'll get to later Barely, that's very close without any reverb. As, okay. as well. We'll, we'll come to that. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very intimate song. It's, I guess it's a love song about Guy Ritchie, right? Would assume so. This guy was meant for me and I was meant for him, I guess. Uh-oh. That's Guy Ritchie. We'd
0: hope so at the time. <laughs> well, that yeah. thing, the guy thing went straight over my head until just literally the second. But um, yeah, obviously they were the hot couple at the time, I suppose. Yeah. And I just love how, obviously, the, the look at this time for Madonna was the cowgirl kind of thing. This, like the acoustic guitar, and this really fits that. The kind of sat around the campfire. Yeah. But then those electrics just kind of like scattered and sprinkled over it. Yeah. Like really. Yeah, those sort of synthy really nice. things at the end. Those. Yeah. <laughs> and Madonna
1: said on this track, it has the strangest juxtaposition of this folky, simple song and the high tech, ominous synth line, mm. which you particularly hear as it gets towards the end. Mm. Yeah,
2: there, there's a lot of breathing room for the music on this album. Actually, that's one thing I noticed. There are quite big musical interludes. She doesn't sing for ages at the end, does she? It's just like they, they let the music do the talking. So that's an interesting thing mm. about this album. Lots of space, yeah, for the music to do its thing.
1: She should have called the album something that would have reflected that. <laughs> Well, she called it music. I yeah, think it, <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. oh, was that the joke? Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> a, a lame joke <laughs> is a staple of this program. Oh right, <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> right. Track number five now, and this is uh, Williams back. This is amazing.
2: Rock and roll
0: record,
2: yeah. Mixed with kind of that, that All Saints, Black Coffee kind of vibe as well. There's lots of light and shade. Yeah. There's lots of intensity followed by some real chill moments. Um, when I f- when when this album first came out and I and I and I was really into it, I hated this song. I wow. must admit, yeah, I was really not into it, but I was quite young, and um, now I really really appreciate this. So I think this song's gorgeous. So and in grower. comparison
0: to the other Willie Orbert track before, this just, you know, we said before that was quite stressful in the tent, this one is a bit more of a pleasure to listen to.
2: Mm. Yeah, and obviously it sounds very similar to Beautiful Stranger.
1: Oh, someone had to say it. And what I read as well was that this was something that uh, the record company really wanted to release a single, because as we've said, it's a great track. Madonna was hesitant because of the fact It sounded too much for her, like Beautiful Stranger...
2: Was Beautiful Stranger in between Ray of Light and Music? That was like the in-between single, because obviously it was from the soundtrack, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Cool.
1: Austin Powers, yeah. Yeah. Spy Who Shagged Me.
2: I also love the way that in many songs that she sings heart, and in this song that really stands out. You took a poison arrow and you aimed it at my heart. <laughs> she's a bit, Madonna loves to go heart. That's <laughs> like... from the West Country. A very thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's actually Welsh. No, she's not. No, <laughs> oh, she's not. She's not. Can
0: you imagine? Um,
2: that always stands out. I like the way she sings hearts.
0: I love. I read as well about the idea that she, um, that the record label wanted a single, she didn't. And I also read that they said they were going to create a video from her performing on the tour, so she didn't put it in the tour, just so they couldn't have that footage. Like, yeah, I love that attitude. <laughs> and it's I would expect absolutely nothing less from Madonna.
1: So track number six
0: now, and this is nobody's perfect. No.
1: Uh, that's lovely isn't it
2: yeah i love that song um autotune um was in its infancy and it sounded very fresh yeah <laughs> at that time obviously now e- everyone uses it it sort of pre predates kanye west and all that all, all of those um songs that we know now um and um i just remember thinking wow this is beautiful but also completely weird because of that auto-tune vocal it's sort of like a ballad but with like a crazy Vocal effects is it's
0: fab, and it does feel quite rare to have Madonna being kind of quite as I suppose open, but also like showing flaws. In I that think it's very part.
2: vulnerable, a very vulnerable song.
0: Yeah,
1: there. I think there are some the pared down production on this. So you've got the vocoded vocals, uh, you've got the guitar, you've got a nice beat running through it, but not a lot else. Mm. Um So when some of some of that some of the synth does come in, it feels. Really powerful, but it's not it's used sparingly, which is nice because it's all about it's, it's her it's her voice
0: and it's the words that she's saying it's interesting because we haven't really talked yet about Madonna as a singer and actually I don't think often it's in general conversation people don't talk about Madonna as a singer because she does everything like I said she's there for all the production obviously she writes it all herself she's there for the uh, the tour production and the videos and everything like that so uh but it's but it's interesting that with a lot of singers, the first thing you go to is is the singing and the vocal, and just doesn't seem to be a thing with Madonna so much.
2: She's not Adele. You know, she doesn't. <laughs> we, you know, we know she doesn't have the best voice in the world, but she's probably the most creative artist out there if you look through her forty-year legacy.
1: And she's such sort a of fascinating person as well. We still want to know more about her and her life, and you know, just you know seeing a glimpse of her celebrating her birthday in Jamaica a few weeks ago you want to you want to you want to know more as well I think she's still she's not kind of she's she's not overstayed her welcome at any Mm, point absolutely where there are other artists you're just sick to death of seeing in the paper or being um being spoken about in the media um I think when Madonna does an interview you want to hear what she's saying Mm. yeah and that's 40 years later still
2: this song for me has sort of the 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 sound has changed for me to my ears over the years. Like um, when I first heard it, I found it because um, I think of songs in like different colors, and this was quite cold, bluey, turquoisey kind of color. Um, I just I just found it a very cold music production. But now the the um, folk guitars strumming kind of really stand out to me, and that sort of like warmed it up to my. To my ears Do you ever get that When, when mm. songs kind of sound Different over the years To your ears Definitely
1: I was liking it to Your taste buds Where like when you're younger You hate the taste of like Beer when you're a kid mm. And then you grow to love it Or wine even yeah. as well I guess it's the same With like your ear It kind of grows You experience more Sounds and noises
0: Track number seven now uh Single number two This is a big one Don't tell me Don't you ever-
1: So Don't Tell Me, probably, well, certainly my
0: favourite on the album.
2: My favourite, yeah, definitely.
0: I think mine three, actually, yeah. Not to join the club, but I generally think so. And what is it about this track that is so,
1: so good?
2: I think for a start, the first thing you hear is that sort of glitchy um, guitar skippy thing. I remember hearing this on Radio 1 before (laughs) before the album came out um, and thought, there was something wrong something wrong was happening it was like skipping or something i'd never really heard this effect before um and i still think that glitchy vibe is so cool yeah. i lo- i love that it, the, the country pop guitar like filtered through mirways um glitchy programming is is just really like sexy she uses her breath as an instrument quite a lot there <laughs> That's really loud, her, I feel like they've made her breath even louder than than what they would have been in the studio, and that sort of use it, use it as an instrument, which I think is quite nice. Yeah. Um, her, her vocals are very, although like th- th- there's lots of stopping and starting vocal effects. Like if you listen to her actual vocal again, she's singing very close to the microphone, and it's very dry. Like there's not, it doesn't, there's no reverb on it. It doesn't sound all big and grand. Like it's it's very intimate and close.
0: I just love how it is that again i mentioned it on the track before but it's such a great fusion of the country thing that's like the aesthetic for particularly this video as well the whole country and she's got her she's got a denim shirt on and a cowboy hat and that kind of thing the gay cowboys were they yeah, yeah. in the background yeah yeah Do you remember the video that yeah was it was
1: only a matter of time before the dancing cowboys sauntered <laughs> sauntered <laughs> into the episode yeah um but an iconic image yeah. that i think on a treadmill she's on treadmill yeah, yeah. yeah. green yeah. screen and, yeah.
0: yeah so cool that was cool that video so cool. But the, the, and, and the guitar is so country, but then it, again, it's Moet's, um production that just those, like you said, the jumps, the glitches, the, and particularly the bit I love, the strings at the end. Swirling the oh, strings. Yeah. Like, so, like gorgeous. You wouldn't like, when you first put the song on, you would not expect that to be the end of the song. Yeah, um, It's quite like, it's quite um, soundtrack like. Yeah.
2: And it is danceable, yeah. but it's sort of got like rhythmic,
0: curveballs in it
2: you know it's, it's it's very odd it's an odd song
0: it's very odd I think I've just been I just reminded myself looking at my notes here is that this followed the music single and both perfectly fit into this album but such different songs mm. uh, I'm surprised it only got to number 4 in the UK
1: singles chart when it was she was, was robbed
2: released. yeah in I bet head. Lisa Scott Lee probably had a record out that week that that's Lisa. why <laughs>
0: I'll
2: tell you a fact about the song it was a co-write with a guy called is it Joe Henry, who's Madonna's brother-in-law, who's a writer? He's like a cult American singer-songwriter in his own right. And um, he had a song out called Stop, which um, basically went, Tell the bed not to lay, like the open mouth of a grave, not to stare up at me, like a calf down on its knees. Basically, this song. Well, shall she we it? It's kind, Yeah, if we can get it. I mean, it, this is kind of a cover of that song.
1: Yeah Let's have a bit of it Shall we? Yeah Magic words If we're lucky yeah. Let's have a bit of it
0: Tell the sun not to shine Not to get up this time Let it fall by the way Leave me where I lay Tell the leaves not to turn Just don't I'll learn take the black off a crow so that's the original by joe henry um what i like about this though is that of course joe henry went on to keep working with his sister-in-law uh, they worked together on jump from confessions and also falling free from the mdna album which i love that song
2: they are such different songs like yeah. he's a very versatile songwriter then
0: and like, I can imagine him wa- working on Falling Free and Don't Tell Me because of his yeah. kind of style, what we've heard from but that song. Jump. But Jump.
2: Are you ready to jump? <laughs>
0: that's so random. Devil Wears Prada as well. Oh
2: yes, of course.
1: Uh, so I've just got in, I've just nipped out to, down to the official charts company <laughs> to see Rob Copsey and... <laughs> I, I follow I, him on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, he's doing nice. He's, hello Rob. Hello Rob. <laughs> uh, uh, number one... That week when Madonna got to number four and was cruelly robbed was Never Had a Dream Come True by S Club 7. No. Well, it is a banger, so I'll uh, (laughs) I'll let them have it.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. That is bonkers. This song should have gone to number
0: one. I've just remembered, though, that was a Children in Need song, so we can
2: maybe... Well, Well, I'm
1: sorry, but there's Children and then there's Madonna. (laughs) (laughs) So, track number eight now, and this is What It Feels Like for a Girl.
0: This was single number three, and I remember when this came out, I wasn't really a fan of this song, and I can't put a reason on why. It just, I think, because music was so huge and such a banger, and then Don't Tell Me was quite uh, kind of nice, pared down a little bit, but still really experimental. This one just, almost because the production is obviously a different group behind this one, it felt very much more pared down, much more laid back. Maybe I was just wanting more bangers. Um, and that thing we said before about kind of, as you grow up, you, you uh, appreciate different things. I love this one now. Yeah. Love it so much. Who produced it?
1: It was Guy Sigsworth and Mark oh. Stent.
0: Oh, so there was no um, William or, or Mereway. So for anyone who doesn't know, Guy Sigsworth has worked with everyone from Bjork to Sugar Babes and Britney's Everytime, actually, uh, which I knew some of his work. I never knew he did that one. Uh, and David Torn, who also worked in this one, he is known for mixing electronics with guitar and looping, and he's worked with uh, David Bowie. I'm, I just need to put one name out wow. there for him. That's that's enough. Uh, and mixed by Mark Spike Stent, who, of course, we've, has done everyone Michael from. Michael Jackson and all that. Two, yeah. Spice Girls. Yeah. Wouldn't be a, an episode of Track by Track if I didn't say Spice Girls at least once. Well,
1: you've not mentioned Duran Duran yet, so... Oh, I was going
0: to say that later.
1: Also, but, did you know... Uh, this was featured in an episode of Glee. They did a whole episode of Madonna songs in Glee and it was sung by all of the male members. Oh. oh.
2: Well, they're all gay, so they, they do know what it feels like. <laughs> <to the girl. laughs> we will keep that. In yeah. Uh, <laughs> beautiful. Um, very melodic. Madonna doing ballads at their best. If that sentence made sense, but it was—I think it's one of her better ballads, best ballads. Feminist, yeah. It's sort of like as as feminist as something like "Express Yourself,"
0: but just done in a very different way. But it's sort of a bit introspective. And I feel like actually this track, in this day and age, still that conversation is still huge. And absolutely, the you know Madonna's never afraid to stand up for something before everyone else does. And maybe even twenty years ago, it was still before a lot of people were were having that conversation. But uh, still, twenty years on, it's still uh, it's still important, especially with the sample, the Charlotte Ginsburg's um, sample. Sort of what film was that from?
1: From the Cement Garden. That's it.
2: Yeah, which I've never seen, but Me neither. Um, but um, beautiful piece of speech. Yeah, and then in stark contrast, the video was completely nuts in comparison wasn't it it, it was they used the, uh, the above and beyond remix of the track oh. which is almost a sort of a dub and she doesn't really sing it wasn't
1: it the video yeah because like, Be, it was quite violent she sort of
2: stills a granny and they ha- then they hold someone up by gunpoint and then smash the car at the end and it's like guy Ritchie directed it and it's all it's like i'd forgotten some all gangster, of this. I some the gangster i guess gangster video yeah
1: the idea was probably you know a girl can do all of these like gangstery yeah uh, criminal things mm. as as good or better than a man than, than a man could
0: yeah um but it re- reminds me a lot of uh the sound of production uh, it's very um bjork as we said before <laughs> yes. guy yeah. with, who's worked with bjork um and of course madonna also worked with babyface on the bedtime stories album yeah of that, who also worked with bjork so yeah Clearly, that she's kind of a little bit influenced by Bjork, I think.
2: Yeah, did Bjork co-wrote um, Let's Get Unconscious, Bedtime Stories? Yes. I think. I think. Bedtime <laughs> Stories, can we just talk about that for a second? you know how how um, how it was like, let's get unconscious, honey? But if you listen, she is literally saying, let's get unconscious on E. She, she, just, she doesn't say honey at any point. It's literally, let's get unconscious on E. Yeah, because it was at ecstasy's that ecstasy. Pe- I don't know if you could talk about drugs in this podcast, but yeah, it was so- ecstasy's peak moment. Ah, you know, don't so- take drugs, children. no, don't take drugs, but it was right <laughs> but, at, but at the but peak. Free moment. choice, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that's just a little tidbit. That's just
1: so track number nine now, and this is Paradise Not For Me. <laughs>
0: Ultimate track. I said before, I love track two on an album. I think also the penultimate track is very important. Where's this, uh, where's this album going? I love that one.
2: Agreed. Lovely palette of sounds. So is it William Orbit?
0: I No, it's Moe on this um, one. Yeah.
2: Lovely, lovely sounds, lovely synths, lots of nice pads. It's lush and rich. Um, haunting. Mm. I think she's singing about
1: love's lost. She had a taste <laughs> of paradise, but actually, it wasn't. At, it wasn't what she thought it was going to be, and mm. actually, she's fine with that. Sad song, yeah. That's sad. Um, when I was
2: researching, um, I found out that it was inspired by Edith Piaf.
0: Really? Ah.
2: Yeah. Yes, the whisperings really fab, isn't it?
0: Yeah, because so I don't remember her doing that kind of style before. Um, it's not. It's, practically spoken isn't it? it's not like whispering singing it's, or it's somewhere between the two i wrote the f- smallest amount of notes for this one me just, too i just, I just wrote f- edith piaf <laughs> <and> that's it <laughs> i just think i just enjoyed you, you know sometimes you can en- just enjoy something without kind of having to break down and just the, i felt like i was just myself winding down just like the album is
1: the album's winding down but stunning electronics
0: yeah it's definitely a
2: deep cut as well isn't it you know it's like it's not poppy or dancey or particularly memorable if you're not really a first, especially a fan of the album whatever but it's, it's like a if you said to you at the average person do you know paradise <laughs> not for me by madonna they'd be like i literally don't know what you're talking about yeah but it's kind of gorgeous a yeah. hidden gem it's their loss that so they have not this. hundred uh, percent
1: it's probably a good time when we would say another one of our catchphrases where it's definitely an album track but that's not a bad thing, yeah. Because it's it's nestled in there for people like us to snuffle light. Yeah. So we're onto the last track of the album. Oh, good. We're not doing American Pie. No. <laughs> <laughs> so we're onto the last track of the album now, and this is gone. the last track gone is it a suitable end to a brilliant album
2: definitely and it's another very intimate self-reflective song bit vulnerable mm. sort of a guitar ballad isn't it mm. the vocal's very raw again like several other tracks that we've spoken about not really there aren't really vocal effects you know you feel very close to her um, which gives that sense of intimacy we just said when we were listening to it love the harmonies at the end mm. those really ni- nice layered lush vocals
0: because it starts doesn't it with that very instant guitar and vocal and it's kind of almost like she's i don't know she's at a party and she's drunk and she just grabbed the guitar for a bit of a grungy sing-along uh, and it's quite hard actually at the start and then it goes into that gorgeous um melody and the, then the effects come in and this is another it's willie moore again on production for this yeah. one and it just becomes a complete... Like when it, I think probably when I first heard it and it first started, I thought, oh, don't know about this for a, for a closer, but it becomes this stunning thing, which I love.
1: And just before we move into further listening, uh, and because Jodie is us, we've got three further listening selections, mm. um, which is a real treat this week. Um, <laughs> Not each. I was like, have I got three? <laughs> <laughs> I, I realised that you two are here as well. Sorry so, about that. <laughs> so I have to turn
2: it into my own show. <laughs>
1: uh, so just a word on the album performance... Um, and reception so this was very well received uh, and reviewed at the time just to pull a few out of the air NME gave it eight out of ten Q gave it four out of five NME actually said um, the bluntly explicit title isn't just pointless irony the record is about the music not Madonna about the sounds not the image which does link back to what we were saying I guess kind of that there's lots of it where she isn't singing, mm. where the music does speak for itself. Oh, Dan, <laughs> we've got so caught up in talking about Madonna, I haven't even said um, which track is a great time to talk about the amazing artwork on the album. I love the, art. I love the artwork. Let's, so let's talk about it now. It's yes. by Mondino, isn't it? Did he, Mondino shot it? Oh, well. you're, so, yep, yeah, you're right. It was uh, by Jean-Baptiste Mondino. It's an iconic image, iconic album cover no, And that kind of cowgirl denim look just is so embedded in this time period of her uh, career, isn't it?
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and the, the Madonna kind of the logo with, the, with on there, it's very, the, what's it like? It's like a belt buckle or something like that, isn't it? Very of, the, of this. It's like era. a
2: campy take on country, isn't it?
0: Yeah. I love it. And I must say, love Kylie, but I prefer Madonna's Campy Take on Country than Kylie's Campy Take on uh, Country. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh,
1: so, further listening, uh, parameters are, I guess, anything else from this era of, from the music era of Madonna. And Jodie, is our guest this week, we'd love for you to go first. So I've selected Cyberaga, which
2: was a B-side to certain editions of the single music, I believe. I believe maybe it was "Don't Tell Me" or something, but oh. it was a B-side for one of the singles.
1: And I think certain special editions of music, it was also a bonus track on as well. But depends on your, uh, depends on your region, your country, kind of what you've got.
2: Should have been on the Ray of Light album. Yeah. Feels quite out of place on this. Would have been, fit perfectly onto Ray of Light. Yeah, she's sort of singing some scripture. Might be a prayer or something probably completely and utterly famous that I just don't <laughs> even know what it is. It's probably like... Neither do we. Oh, do you? What's she singing?
1: I don't, but it is... She worked with Talvin Singh mm. uh, on this um, so I'm guessing it's something that kind of came through that collaboration. Mm. Yeah, sort so it, of, feels it feels yeah, yeah, spiritual.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a prayer or something or yeah. some scripture. And she missed um, sort of this weird lo-fi beat and all these like gorgeous sitars and little ta- um, tambala drums and stuff. It's like a, a fab sort of um, Asian palette of instruments. It's very lush, but the drums are quite stark. I really like it. I think it's really cool. Would it be great to have that on Ray of Light?
0: Yeah. And as I said before, uh, before we played it, I've actually never heard that song before. This is my f- first time hearing that song. But it it's was- a deep cut for sure. Yeah.
1: Dan, what have you gone for?
0: I have gone for the Groove Armada remix of music. So that's a Groove Armada remix of, Ma- of of Madonna. Well, yeah, of Madonna's music. Um I just love how it kind of turns into a completely different song. Almost,
1: there's a lot more guitar going on in there.
0: Yeah, it's
1: quite sparse.
2: Yeah, isn't it? It's very Groove Armada. Very Groove Armada, which is no bad thing, right? Yeah, no, no, not <laughs> at all. It's not very hands in the air like "Dancey, Dancey." Yeah, it's it's cool.
0: Yeah, it's almost like. Li- little bits of old school disco mm. with the bass in there. A um, bit funkier as well than the bit funky, more yeah. electro, yeah. of, like I said before, the sort of French disco of yeah. the original. Will, what have you got?
1: So I'm going to get us back dancing again.
0: Oh, wasn't you dancing just then? No. Oh.
1: I was, I was, I was doing an email on my phone, sorry. <laughs> that's <what> I, was, <laughs> I was a bit disengaged from that one, sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, so I'm going to go for a remix of Don't Tell Me. And this is the Thunderpus 2001 "Hands in the Air," and.)
2: At the Astoria.
1: Yes, absolutely. So that was, I mean, that's a big memory, that track, um, because it reminds me of hearing that track there with a kind of red stripe or something in my hand. Um,
2: and a whistle. And a whistle,
1: <laughs> waiting for the balloons to come down at 12 30. Yeah. New Year's Eve. No, every Saturday night oh. at 12.30, the balloons would come down and Bet the Devil You Know by Kylie Renee would come on. What, well, yeah. every time? They'd... Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Do you'd they get, still do that? In... You'd
2: reach for the poppers. <laughs> <laughs> poppers o'clock. Yeah. Oh.
1: Uh, do they still do like, the balloon drop at heaven? Are I quite... think probably. I haven't
2: been to G.O.Y. for a long, long time. Um, but I bet they do.
1: Yeah,
0: it's probably. The, it's the tradition, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Maybe yeah, not now with this whole social distancing thing. Just no, one balloon and <laughs> two every two meters. Uh, oh,
1: of course, everyone's into confetti cannons these days, aren't they? So yeah, I yeah, yeah. some of that on the go. Yeah. Um, but no, I just this is it. Kind of just um, revs it up even more. That's it. Well, That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we're ended. <laughs> music we are. I was out of time.
0: Um, that was so fun. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so Thanks much for, for joining having us. me. Um, I loved that.
1: You're a musician. You've got something new about to drop tell us a bit about that
0: about
2: to release um, my EP it's called beats and pieces four tracks um, fascinating light in Paris have recently dropped and there's they're on there and there's a couple couple more one called nerve one called burn it down uh, they're bangers Paris. 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 we are And um, not about what you create Beats and Pieces, about. I what think it's going to be, I think this is the first in a series of EPs. I feel like three or four times a year, I'll drop a Beats and Pieces EP with a bit more, it's a bit less poppy, dancey stuff and a bit more kind of, a bit less disco, a bit more kind of banging. There'll be another single out as well. After Beats and Pieces, there'll be another single before the end of the year. So just got to go and finish that.
1: And um, Beats and Pieces is out on Friday.
2: Yes, it is. I think it's the 18th, isn't it?
1: Yeah. 18th of September. Oh my nice. God. they of have the Christmas stuff out in the shop suit. Yeah, you can <laughs> already buy the
2: crackers in Asda. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But Jodie, thank you. Thank
1: brilliant. you.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Loved it.
1: So do let us know what you think of uh, music by Madonna um, and today's episode uh, at Track by Track UK.
0: And yes, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please do head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating and a review.
1: And Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to what's coming up next week?
0: So it's a bit different this week. We've got no new music drop on Saturday because we're not going to be here. But we do have a special edition episode celebrating 50 years of Glastonbury. And then next Tuesday on our episode proper, we are celebrating the third album from a Scottish singer songwriter. This album turns 10. Probably has stuff before. This was a bit too. Oh, close. Uh, a bit too stripped back and acoustic for track by track. But this album is a little bit more electronic and experimental. Who is? He? I can't remember who he is. What well, you'll have to tune in to see. <laughs> well, yeah. To say anything
1: more would give it away. So, uh, until next time, I've been Willie Morbit. I've been Merway. I've been Madonna. Oh, <laughs> oh, you, I was going to say that. <laughs> <You're
0: Madonna>. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.